everyone. Welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Caster, here as always with my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how are you doing? I'm good, Adam. How are you? I'm good. Happy Friday. Happy. Yes. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. <laughs> Friday. Ahead of the game. Ahead of the game. Happy Friday, Bird. Are you, are you, are you ready for a uh, for a nice weekend? I am. Any plans? Any 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 hot dates? Uh, unfortunately, no. Oh, no, that's unfortunate. Because I'm working both days. But you, I you know, have a hot date. You have a hot date with with work. I have with a baseball. hot date with Odyssey. Yeah, that's that's, that's never a bad thing. No, well, I've heard she's pretty. Yeah, <laughs> not as pretty as she used to be. Fair, fair point. Rest, rest in peace to uh, Tyler Glass now and his UCL. Awful. Yeah, I know. That well, sucks. You, you hate to see. As a Mets fan, I, I feel that pain. Oh, God. As a, Yankee, as a Yankees fan who longs to see Tyler Glass now wearing pinstripes, that just broke my heart. Oh, that would be ridiculous. I love him. I love him. Love him a lot. Hate his team, but love him a lot. That Chris Archer trade just gets worse and worse as the years go on. Oh, yes, it does. Oh, yes, it does. Meanwhile, the Edwin Diaz and Robinson Cano trade is getting better and better. How so? Because Edwin Diaz is amazing. Oh, he's amazing again. Yes, he is. He's very good. For now. For now. I mean, he's, he's found a consistent form from, 20, from the latter half of 2020 into this season. For now. For now. It's still early. We're still waiting for Edwin Diaz to uh, show his true colors. And it's also, Jared. Adam. It's coming. Don't worry. And Jared Kalanick has looked like cooked in oh, the majors. Yes, he he in fact has looked in fact, and I quote, cooked. But sports sports are fun. Sports are quite fun. I mean, this is the best time of year. Yeah, you, know, you have basketball playoffs and uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs. Baseball is in full swing, and here we are talking about the one sport that's not actually going on. Yep, pretty much. But I mean, I, I think that with this mailbag, especially, we can definitely talk about things that are not just football. Oh, I can promise you, there are a lot of things that are not football related in this mailbag. I can promise you that. Variety is the spice of life. After all, amen to that. Um, you know, I want to hit on some quick news because this is interesting. I mean, you have. Matt Nagy, soon to be former head coach of the Chicago Bears, probably after this year, saying that there is no shot that Justin Fields starts week one. He's right. He's right. There's no yeah. chance he starts week one. Well, yeah, because he's making the decision. If he says it, then yeah, it's true. That was the case from the start. I, I, don't, I don't know why it's a big shock. I don't, I, I, honest, I, honest to God, I don't know why this is news. Well, here's the thing. The reason that it's news is that you'd think that with a lot of these rookie quarterbacks, you know, I, I'm just taking it from my own experience. Maybe the Jets could have, you know, let Sam Darnold sit for a couple of games before having him start week one. But I think with Zach Wilson, Robert Sala and Joe Douglas have been very noncommittal on whether or not uh, Zach Wilson is going to be the week one starter. 
yeah, but Zach Wilson was also taken second overall. So I would I would imagine that Zach Wilson's going to be the guy. And if Zach Wilson is not the guy, who will be the guy? It's true. That's who that's the fuck who's our back? Also, James Morgan? I don't even know. I got I have no idea. Whereas with Chicago, you have uh, Andy Dalton, you have Nick Foles. There's two guys there that are proven. Now, if the Jets were to go out and say trade for Nick Foles, then there's potentially a conversation to be had. But the Jets don't have anybody else behind Zach Wilson, whereas the Chicago Bears have not one, but two guys that they can go ahead and say could be the starter in week one. Now, Matt Nagy is saying that it's going to be Andy Dalton. I'm fine with Andy Dalton being the starter week one because Andy Dalton, like we said in the past, has been very good for fantasy receivers. A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd last year with CeeDee Lamb. Amari Cooper had a 1,000-yard season pretty much with Andy Dalton at the helm. So it should be okay for for Allen Robinson, I, 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 w- I would think. So I'm not completely against it. Fuck Andy Dalton, however. But, yeah, I'm not I'm not completely against it. Well, I think my problem with it is that at least give, you know, the illusion that he's going to, that he can, if he does really well in minicamp and in preseason, that he could work his way to being the starter week one. I mean, Justin Fields seems like the kind of guy, like most NFL players, that's competitive enough to say, I want a chance. I want a shot to be the week one starter if I'm good enough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if he if he can show, though, on the practice field that he can be the competent starter, then he'll get that opportunity when Andy Dalton stinks up the joint inevitably. Or when the Chicago Bears fans are booing at a packed out soldier field, clamoring, hammering and hollering for Justin Fields. Right. Well, I mean, I guess it's kind of different head coach, obviously, because this is the last year of John Fox. But I mean, it's kind of like Trubisky. Where they had. Mike Glennon, and he was terrible. Mr. Glennon. Mr. Glennon for four games. And I think it was halfway through game four or five that uh, Trubisky came in, and he was all right. Yeah, all right. And it went swiftly downhill from there. Well, it went swiftly uphill in 2018, and then it went swiftly downhill. True, very true. Uh, Other than that, I mean... Odell Beckham Jr. is uh, practicing at minicamp. Uh, Corlin Sutton will not start training camp on the pup, which is good. Those it's two guys news. returning from ACL injuries. And then your favorite receiver. There's some news surrounding your favorite receiver. Corey Davis? No, not. No, this is sarcasm. Allen Robinson? T. Higgins. Oh, I thought you were going to say like Debo Samuel. Oh, no. T- I like T. Higgins. So Joe Burrow, per, per my sources, Joe Burrow. Uh, (laughs) said that T Higgins is going to have a big year. How much stock do you hold in that? Really? Um, It doesn't really move the needle for me one way or the other. I mean, he's still a top 30 guy for me, but it doesn't, it doesn't move the the needle. I I would recommend to anybody who hears that spread that news in your, uh, in your fantasy group chats, and uh, then watch the interest for T Higgins spike while uh, you're sitting there. And maybe you can get a value in terms of like Brandon Ayuk or something in the uh, sixth or seventh round. I guess that's, that's all, that's all you got to do. You got to play the news. You got to play the news against your, uh, 
your league mates. Drive up that fucking price. That's all I got to say. All right, so we got a mailbag. We have a mailbag. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. We have we have 10, count them, 10 mailbag questions, Adam. 10, Ten mailbag questions. Unbelievable. Unbelievable, I know. So, pick a number. Okay. Well, you always got to go with lucky number seven. Lucky number seven. Oh, this is a good one. Okay. So this comes from Josh. Josh asks, is Allen Robinson worth a mid to late, a mid to late second round pick in 10 man PPR? So in a 10 man PPR league, is Allen Robinson worth it to take in the mid to late second round? Yeah. I think so. I think, you know, you wouldn't find this is like, (laughs) I don't know. It's like asking me, do you think the Jets are going to be good this year? You know, it's like, it's kind of obvious. I think Allen Robinson, like we're both of us are very big on Allen Robinson. And I think that he is worth a mid to late second round pick. Might not be in that same category with, you know, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, if Aaron Rodgers stays there, and Stefan Diggs. But I think that Allen Robinson, we, we he's shown he's quarterback proof. He's great. He's going to be – I mean, I predicted he's going to be a top five receiver. So you did. You, you, you did say that thing. I I, th- I would be remiss to, to say, oh, yeah, well, I don't think he's worth a, a mid to late second round pick before after predicting he's going to be a top five receiver. So I think that Al Robinson is definitely worth that. I mean, as far as my drafting philosophy is concerned, I, I mean, with how the running backs are, I, I might rather go for another running back. But I think that if you're, if your strategy is that you're going to either go zero RB or one RB in the first two rounds, then yeah, Allen Robinson's definitely worth it. So on NFC, Allen Robinson right now is going as the 32nd player off the board. So that's about that's about late late second, early third. 30, I, I, I well, think in if a you, ten man in a ten man league, that's like the third round. Yeah, it's the t- it's the top of the third. It's the top of the third round. I think if you are afraid that the person at the turn. If you're at those, say, one to three spots, you know, in the first round, if you are afraid coming back that Allen Robinson won't make it to you in the third round, then you take him in the second round. But if you're looking at guys that are around him, I'm just doing this based off of NFC and and where guys are going right now. You're looking at... uh, Oh, he's going in the fourth round. I apologize. He's going in the fourth round. 32nd overall, going in the fourth round. So you could definitely get him in the third round. I don't know if I would take him in the second, just because I'm just looking at other names that are available towards the end of the second round. I mean, you're looking at guys such as DeAndre Hopkins. You're looking at Calvin Ridley, Justin Jefferson, those guys going 18 to 20 overall, according to NFC. Najee Harris is going there as well. Antonio Gibson is going there. Maybe you get your hands on a Joe Mixon 
or potentially maybe you get your hands on Aaron Jones there. I don't think you're going to be taking Allen Robinson over any of those guys. So, um, you know, me pers- me personally, I would take Allen Robinson over Justin Jefferson. I know the consensus probably won't. Um, I wouldn't take Allen Robinson over Calvin Ridley. That's one I've gone back and forth on, and I wouldn't take Allen Robinson over DeAndre Hopkins, but I would take Allen Robinson over DK Metcalf. So, so well, the, the consensus is a bit different. It's a bit skewed. Uh, they have met they have Metcalf as the 18th player off the board, wide receiver six, and they have Justin Jefferson as the 21st player off the board at wide receiver eight. And Allen Robinson's all the way down at 29. Well, DK Metcalf is being drafted as the wide receiver seven. So it's not too far off. Well, I mean, from your, from your opinion, I think that it's far off because you said you wouldn't take Allen Robinson. You would take Allen Robinson over Metcalf. Yes, I would. Yes, I would. Allen Robinson is being drafted as the wide receiver 11. DK Metcalf is being drafted as the wide receiver seven. So in in that regard, yes, yes, it's, there's a discrepancy there, but that, that, that's just me. I mean, I would also take Terry McLaurin over Metcalf and McLaurin's being drafted as the wide receiver 12. Yeah. Well, on fantasy, on fantasy pros, McLaurin's being drafted as the wide receiver nine. Yeah. So, All right. Would you rather have McLaurin? You'd rather, have, ah, excuse me. You'd rather have McLaurin over uh, Robinson. Oh, no, no. I don't have Robinson, but close though. Okay. Close stuff. So the receivers after Metcalf, Here's how it goes for six to 11 is Metcalf at six Hopkins at seven, Justin Jefferson at eight, Terry McLaurin at nine, Mike Evans at 10 and then Robinson at 11. I think that's pretty reasonable for how that's Frank. I mean, me, me, me personally, I just have concerns about Justin Jefferson because I just think that people are going to draft him high expecting that he's going to be at or near what he did in his rookie year. And it's just not going to, up to that he's gonna regress he's going to and i just don't know what that what that negative regression is going to look like and when we said negative regression we just have to point this out because it gets lost in translation time and time again negative regression is going back to the mean going back to what he statistically projects or what his averages are going to be we're not saying he's going to be bad we're not saying when we say negative regression we're not saying oh he's going to be terrible just need to point that out positive regression is it's a rebound. He's going to go back to what he's done in his career. So a guy, a candidate for positive regression could be a, uh, like a Ezekiel Elliott. That's a great example of someone that will have positive regression that we project at least will have positive regression uh, coming up. So just wanted to clear that up because that definitely is one that gets lost in translation time and time again. Okay. Yeah. No, regression is regression to the mean. That's yes. what it means. Correct. Regression so. is not, he's going to regress or get worse. Just, just point that out. Okay. Anyway. So yeah, that that's kind of our thoughts here. I mean, I think I would pick Allen Robinson in the second round. I and wouldn't, I wouldn't, I love him. I love him, but I wouldn't because it all comes, it all goes in line with my whole philosophy of you're drafting a guy to his ceiling. And I think that's Allen Robinson's ceiling is probably being a late, a mid to late second round pick. Okay. Later you get him the better. I mean, you have that expected growth that you would uh, you'd get out of them. It also depends on what running backs are there, too. Very true. Very true. I mean, especially if you're, say, you're at the any pick, whether you're one to three, and you're, you've already taken McCaffrey, uh, Dalvin Cook, Kamara, Barkley, whomever you want to take there, Derrick Henry. You know, do you really want to pass on 
potentially Najee or Aaron Jones or Antonio Gibson, J.K. Dobbins, maybe Cam Akers as well, to take Allen Robinson at that spot. Uh, I don't know. I think I'd rather I would I value having the the running back more there. Yeah, just having that stability because the running backs run out really quick. Well, yeah, that's that's what I was saying earlier. It's a, it's all about your philosophy, and I think that. In a vacuum, I would take Allen Robinson in the second round, but like in an actual live draft situation, if there are other players there at more premium positions, I would probably lean more towards the premium positions. Yeah, I think that's 100% right, Adam. All right, next question. All right, so you've picked seven. One to ten. I'm going to go with four. Four. All right, this comes from Patrick. Not Patrick Starr. Make that very clear. I was and thinking Patrick di- Stewart. And this is directed to you, Adam. Sir Patrick Stewart. This is a question for you. For me specifically? For you specifically. Okay. I this was is- not named in this question, so I'm not answering it. This that's is for weird. you. That's weird. But this okay. is for you. I have fans. Who would have thought? You do have fans. Adam. What is your favorite video game of all time? That is okay. My favorite video game. Can I take a guess before you say it? Sure. Is it Street Fighter? It is not. Well, Street Fighter 3 Third Strike is my third or four. It's probably like in the top 10. Damn, I was close. Okay. I was close. My favorite video game of all time. Yes, your favorite, your favorite video game of all time, sir. We need it. We need an answer. I do have an answer. Okay. Um, it is the Legend of Zelda Wind Waker. Have you ever played that game? No, I have not. It's on the GameCube. It is my oh, I, I, we, we love me a nice GameCube. Yes. So it's on the GameCube. Uh, I got it when I was when I was little for Hanukkah. And it's basically well, you've played have you played any of the uh the Legend of Zelda games? Yes, I have. Okay. Which ones? You don't I can't fucking asking. tell you the names. Okay. I just know that I just know that I did because I love my guy Link. On what system? GameCube. Game, okay. GameCube. You probably, you probably played Wind Waker. It's uh, got like probably. a faded art style. You know, you're sailing around flooded a flooded version of Hyrule. Sure. Whatever. Anyway, so <laughs> yeah, The Legends of the Wind Waker is my favorite uh, game. And it's a nice, it's kind of like a nice open world um, of, and it's weird where it is on like, the the whole Zelda timeline, because basically, so it's after uh, Ocarina of Time, which is on the N sixty four, and basically, it's like so Link goes back in, so Link goes back in time as a child, and basically gets Gandalf arrested because he knows that Gandalf's gonna fuck shit up in the future, and so after that, the uh, the hero doesn't. Oh, wait, no. I'm an idiot. That's different. This guy's getting his games mixed up. You're, you're botching this, Adam. I'm getting the timelines mixed up. Basically, what it was is uh, the hero, whatever. Ganondorf uh, fucked shit up. Link didn't come. And then they flooded Hyrule. Oh. It's like, well, you know what? I'm going to take my ball and go home. We're going to flood Hyrule. And... So now all of these people have basically made a life for themselves on islands, but the islands are actually just the, t- the tips of mountains. 
I see. Yes. I see. I see. Doesn't sound familiar. Doesn't sound yeah. familiar like a game like a game I've played. And you know, you're sailing around, and there's a giant bird that kidnaps your sister. It's great. Fun oh, times. I do remember that. Well, that was in the beginning. Oh, of the game. Yes. Yes. Yep. That yes. Okay, I I have played that game. Wow, I have played your favorite video game ever. I'm honored. My second favorite video game of all time is Batman Arkham City. Haven't played that one, but I have heard good things. Yep. Have heard very good things. And your third is Street Fighter, of course. Yeah. All right. So we have four and seven checked off the list. All right. You know, speaking of Street Fighter 3, third check, let's go with three. Three. And speaking of, I'm very happy that you pick seven first because you know who else is representative in the number seven? Alan Robinson? No. Who else? Seed! Did you see those two goals he scored yesterday, Adam? I did not. Oh, my God. They were electric. They were electric. He stuck that finger up. Ooh, he did a little twirl. And then, oh, seed! Oh, my God. Cristiano, what a guy. What a fucking kid. All right, three. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of, speaking of the Euro. Oh, Speaking of, this comes from Ryan. If you were to take Ryan. Cristiano Ronaldo on a date, where would you go? Um, we'd be on his yacht in Monaco. That's the that's the answer. Okay. I'd be feeding him grapes. Okay. And applying suntan lotion. <laughs> okay. Immediate regret. Yes. Good. Good. This comes from Ryan. Who is winning the Euro, and who is? going to be the player of the tournament is it cheating to just say france mbappe it's not cheating no yeah france it's not cheating france um, is probably gonna win who is winning the euro i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with england i'm gonna go with england and the player of the tournament I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Romelu Lukaku. I'm gonna go with Romelu Lukaku. Okay. Player of the tournament. Because I'm different. I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say one from the same country. the uh, The other pick that I was going to say would be Phil Foden. That would be fun. I would. That would be. That. that was the other pick, and then uh, Calvin Phillips as well. Because I don't know if you watched uh, that England match the other day versus Croatia. Calvin Phillips was unbelievable. And he was someone that I wanted Arsenal to sign, but because he stood out wearing an England shirt, his price probably went up around twenty-five million quid. Uh, poor Bielsa, not not going to have him anymore. Well, at the very least, you know he could probably he's in a position now where he can command sixty, sixty-five million for Calvin Phillips, and probably get it because we all know what what time of year it is. It's that English tax. Oh yeah, well, I mean, also it's the you did well at a, tur- at a major tournament tax. Oh, bingo, bingo. Arsenal that all too well, namely Andre Arshavin. Yeah, well, also the the they call it the Hamas Rodriguez tax. It, the Hamas Rodriguez tax. Yes, that is a hundred percent true. I think if France makes it out, wins this tournament out of the group of death, as Group F, I think that Mbappe probably deserves to win the player of the tournament. Yeah, I listen. He, 
I don't know. Did you watch the uh, the France Germany match yesterday? I did. That breaking the fourth wall. Recording this on Wednesday, so I apologize. We um, so when I was watching that match, that that mismatch that he had up against it was him versus Hummels. Why Yergi Love decided to have Mats Hummels man marking Kylian Mbappe? That was the biggest mismatch for pace I've ever seen in my life. And then Mats Hummels ended up scoring for France. Yeah, yeah. I think we're at uh I think in terms of the goal tallies for Bayern, I think we're at uh minus one. <laughs> minus one goal tallies for Bayern. But Juventus, Juventus did make a comeback. They are now at zero goals. Oh, Cristiano Ronaldo scored a brace. He scored a brace. Good for him. Pen- penalty and then a uh, little dribble that he was able to spin around a defender and then uh, blast it home. I thought it was offside personally, but I'm not gonna complain. That's my guy. I offside in soccer is dumb. It's very, very, very dumb. Also, by the way, uh, day three of the uh, Ed Birdsall uh, football kit extravaganza. I do have a Robert Pires shirt right next to me. I was just way too lazy to change into it today because it is hot as hell. Good point. Good so call. I do have I do have Robert Pires right next to me in honor of uh, France defeating Germany. So day three of the kit extravaganza, Robert Pires. Just wanted right. to put just wanted to put that out there. So, so there you go. So Adam, you really have hit all the questions that are not fantasy related. I, I just want you to know that. I well, yeah, only one of them was fantasy related. That's kind of funny. Yep. And then we have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. Six out of the remaining seven are fantasy related. Oh man. So you've hit all the ones that are not fantasy related. I wish so, I, good job. I wish I would have uh, if I wish I would have known and would have been able to spread it out. A little bit. That's okay. That's okay though. All right. So you've picked three, you've picked four, and you've picked seven. So you've picked Kieran Tierney, you've picked Cesc Fabregas, and you've picked Raheem Cristiano Sterling. Ronaldo. Oh. No, Raheem Sterling. Cristiano Ronaldo. I've picked Kyle Walker, Vincent Company, and Raheem Sterling. Sure. Oh, Kyle Walker's two. I don't even know. I don't know who's three. I don't think three. Is it Ruben Diaz? I think it is Ruben Diaz. I think it is. I know your club better than you do. Ruben Diaz, Vincent Company, and Raheem Sterling. Raheem the goat. Raheem the dream. All right. So you have one, two, five, six, eight, nine, and ten. You know what? Fuck. I'm just going to base it off of Man City players. I'm going to go with Ilkay Gundogan. You're with Ilkay Gundogan. So you're going to go with eight. Yes. Okay. This is from Daniel. This is actually, this is a league dilemma question. These are fun. Oh, these are, these are fun. These are fun. So Daniel says, good morning, guys. Good morning, Daniel. How are you? Good morning. He says, we have an issue in our dynasty league. A member of the league is having a baby. Mazeltov. Okay. Yeah, Mazeltov, exactly. And has to leave the league. Understandable. Understandable. Baby priorities first. How do you throw the baby? Throw the baby. I drop the baby off at your in-laws. Fantasy football is more important. Amen to that. (laughs) I, I, you should. That should be your part of your proposal when the day comes, honey. I have a fantasy football draft. I know you're nine months pregnant, but if you're going to give birth, just go to the hospital. I'll be there soon. I'll just do it on my phone. There you go in the delivery room. That, that's a good husband. Me, if it comes down to a fantasy draft on my kid, 
my my kid will will meet me soon enough. <laughs> God, that is just brutal, brutal. Uh, I'm a terrible, I'm a terrible human being. Anyway, so part of the uh, the remaining part of the question is mm-hmm. how do you address filling vacant dynasty teams? Well, this is very much a you question. This is very much a me question. I've had to deal with this question before. I've had to answer this question. There are a bunch of ways that you can address this. Number one, you have to figure out if the team is good or not. If the team is good, then it should be easy to fill the team. Very easy. Because you say the team you know, is coming off a fourth or third place finish from last year. There's future prospects for this team. You can probably fill it relatively easily. But I would imagine that if the guy is so willing to give up on the Dynasty League team, I would assume that the team is pretty terrible. I would assume. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. And this is just a nice guy that is putting his family before fantasy football. Or it's a woman that doesn't have time because she just had a baby. She doesn't have time to do fantasy football because she just had a baby. No, well, well, Daniel said it was his boy. Oh, it was his boy? Okay. Yeah, Daniel said it was his boy. I was just saying. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, no, no. I wasn't assuming gender or anything. It was... was, It was, it's it's his boy, it's his friend. Okay. It was a male. So it could just be, you know, a dad that wants to take care of his kid. So if that's the case, then, you know, salute to you. But if the team is terrible, which I'm going to go down the avenue that I think the team is terrible, here's what you do. You could do two things. One, you can go out, you can try and pitch to get an owner for this new team to come in, but you would have to, really entice the team, the owner, the new owner that you would find to do it. So the way that you would do it is you would be able to say to him, look, say the league fees are a hundred bucks, say for the first two years, first two, three years, you pay 50 bucks, discount the entry fee for the league. That makes it more enticing. The other way that you could do it, which is the way that I've seen a lot of people do is expansion draft. That's the more common way. So you have you say, like a, would it be a dispersal draft? Well, it would, no, it, would, it, it would be no, it would be it would be it wouldn't be an expansion draft. You're not adding more teams, but yeah, I guess it would be a dispersal draft. I guess, but it would be the same concept of an expansion draft where you say to the teams that are in the league, the nine remaining teams, if it's a, if it's a ten man or if it's a twelve man, it doesn't say how many. Uh, men are in this league but say it's a 10-man league and you have nine other respective teams in this league tell the commissioner say to you know address the team the leagues the teams in the league look we're going to do this expansion draft for uh team for owner xyz who's coming into the league everyone has to protect say your roster spots in the dynasty league say you have 22 you have 22 roster spots everyone has to protect 17 guys oh so it is so it is an expansion draft yeah i was thinking of something okay i'm thinking of something else i was thinking like oh you just like we play with nine teams you just oh no 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 no. it it is expansion draft okay it is expansion draft so you you say you have 23 roster spots in the league and you exclude defense and kicker from this expansion draft you then have 21 spots to play with every team has force has four players exposed and the new owner gets to pick one player from each team. So what happens to the players for the old owner? Well, the new owner gets, is keeping the same team. But they get to just 
but they get to pick from everybody else's also correct if they if they choose if they choose to do so if if they don't if they just go into the expansion draft and they don't see anybody that they really like they just keep the same team as this with a discounted fee to uh to play in the league okay so that's that's the way that i would do it that clears it up that's the way I, that's the way that i would do it but it's you know, adding adding people to dynasty having new owners for dynasty leagues that that sucks that sucks because there's no there's no like you, it's like someone else built your team and you're just, and you're kind of just left you know dealing with it it doesn't really feel like yours you're like why do they do this right do do this way yada, exactly yada, yada. exactly you're it's, it's it's like you're trying to save something that might be on life support yeah well especially if the team's terrible it's like well i got i have to fix this now right and that and that's why you know discounting the fee is probably beneficial because it gives someone an incentive now to say, well, I'm only paying 50 bucks for this. If I do win this dynasty league, I'm going to win 950 bucks. Or say, if you split it up first, second, third, say the person walks away with 800 bucks. Still though. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I'm not place, to double, say no to yeah, or, or, or third place, third place walks away with 50 bucks. You know, if you get third, you, you win your money back. Right. So, so. there you go. That's the way that I would do it, Daniel. Uh, that, that is the way that I would do it. Yeah, I don't have any other theories about that. Um, I think I think I covered them all. Yeah, no. Or or just save save the spot for when your uh, your boy has his kid, and see if he wants back in. How's him going on paternity leave? No, see see when when the kid is born. If all goes well, maybe in late August September he has a change of heart and he wants back in. Then you have no problem. Yeah. Well, I think also one thing that I think I think goes without saying, but I just want to mention it. If you are going to give the, your the team to somebody, if if you're going to have the team be uh, under new ownership, quote unquote, you have to ask. You have to make sure the previous owner is not going to be like, "I want to come back now. Correct. I want my team back." Correct. You need. To talk to the person, oh my God, and make sure that they're not that is like, are you sure you want to do this? Because there is no backseas. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I I had that issue in in, one, in my keeper league. I had that issue. We so a kid who I'm I, I'm kind of friends with was in was in the keeper league, and he didn't want to do the last place forfeit. And per the rules of the league, if you don't do the last place forfeit, you're out of the league. And he was like, I'm not doing the forfeit. So what did I do? I kicked him out of the league. I found somebody else. And he said, okay, I'm doing the last place forfeit. And I said, no, you're already out. Sorry. You lost wow. your chance. Yeah, it, it sucks. It sucks. But that's the name. That's the name of the game. What you can't it? go. You can't go. Say the, the, the season was ended. It was over in January. You say you're yeah. out in January. I spent February, March, April, May, June, July, August for an August draft. to Find somebody. Find somebody in the beginning of August that wanted to do it and had to do an expansion draft had to do everything within the span of two weeks before the draft. And then he says he wants back in because he'll, he'll do the forfeit. No, 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 no. You had all that time. You had all that time to consider, but now because you needed a league, you were going to do the forfeit. No, no, fuck you. Not a yeah. chance. So and you know who you are. What was the forfeit? Um, oh fuck. What was the forfeit for that? Oh, it was playing a flute in Huntington village. How is that? That's not that bad. I don't even know no. how to play the flute, actually. Well, that, that's the point. 
I, I think it was for a set. It was for a set time too. I think it was like you had to play for I think an hour. Wow, that is a long. That was a long time to play the flute. Yeah, I played uh, clarinet when I was in middle school and elementary school. So, so, so Donna, Donna played clarinet. And she played the flute too. My sister played clarinet also. I, I learned how to play. I learned how to play violin in third grade. Orchestra and, nerd. And I was terrible at it. I was <laughs> the worst at it. I couldn't even get to the bow. Like I was at plucking. You oh, know, they, God. They start off with, pluck it, with plucking the strings. I'm like, I hate this. This is terrible. I'm not doing this again. Because I wanted I, to play the cello. I used to play trumpet back in the day. And my God, was I bad at that. Holy shit. I was so bad. Yeah. So bad. Let me tell you what's a really impressive uh, instrument to play. But you go, you go in and won't, won't understand. It's the you know what a shofar is? I have no idea what the hell that is. I've it's never ram- heard of that in my life. It's a ram's horn that you blow in that you blow on Rosh Hashanah. Oh. Yeah. That and sounds fun. I think I would like that. I think it sounds pretty simple. It's like a whole ceremony. It's it's very cool. Have you and have you blown the horn? I have blown. I've tried to do it. It's Any like success. Some success. It's like it's kind of like if you you would probably do well because you play like people who play brass instruments kind of know how how to blow into it, like how the mouth motions work. But like since clarinet is a reed instrument, it's harder to uh, harder to figure that one out. I understand that. Yeah. So uh, thank you for uh, for the question, Daniel. I was long winded. I was, was long winded. So like a shofar blow was yes. all my jewish so, friends will understand we have one two five six nine and ten i'm going to go with the recently departed claudia bravo number one okay all right this is another league dilemma this is a, this is a fascinating one i love the i love having this debate i think we've we may have talked about this on um on the required radio fantasy show. This is like a throwback. We may oh, wow. have talked about this. I, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but this comes from Steve. He says this. I had talked to my commissioner about a trade. So they were talking through text and discussing a trade. Steve had agreed a trade with his commissioner. Trade was agreed. You know, all sealed done. Yes. Steve put the trade to the rest of the league and said, I'm getting this. He's getting that. Everyone vote on it. Nobody really responded. And about 30 minutes later, the commissioner came in and said, I'm not doing the trade. Should the trade have gone through or not? Ooh, that's an interesting question. Adam, I will give you the floor on this one first before I provide my thoughts because I have a very strong opinion about this matter. I think that it's it. This is why it's kind of like tough to do trades with the commissioner. Of the oh, league. nobody likes to trade with the commissioner. Nobody does. Believe yeah, me, I would know. Yeah, bird. I would know. You bastard. But Adam and I, we do trades together every year. You are the only person that I trade with. It's true because we have direct communication. Yes. Um. This is interesting. I think that I think that once the trade is up for a review, I think you can't take it back. At that point. Unless it gets obviously unless it gets vetoed, then it doesn't go through. But if the trade is up for review, that is like 
you're both agreed to it. You're putting it up for review, final steps. That's it. You can't take it back. You had all this time and you said, here's the key. They were texting, right? Mm -hmm. So you have proof yep. that the commissioner said, yes, I'm fine with this. Texting correspondence. Correct. Yep. Everything's on a record. Everything is on record. On record. So you think you think Steve got duped? Yeah, I think that's that trade should have gone through. Adam, I am in full 100% agreement. That trade should have gone through. The trade was agreed. The, the commissioner had said yes to this trade. Now, the one, the one caveat to this is whether or not the trade was officially accepted on your league page and was just pending approval. If the trade was accepted online and the commissioner used his own power of veto to veto it, before the league could even say yes or no to the deal, then that's absolute bullshit. Absolute, utter bullshit. Well, but, but if he did not click the accept button and it still was pending review, I don't want to say it's better because it's still not. But, I mean, I guess the commissioner then has – or anybody really has the ability to back out but it's it sets a dangerous precedent though but you already said yes you already agreed right, <clears throat> right. excuse me exactly no exactly you, you already, already agreed already said yes yep I, I i agree with you 100 i think it's bullshit i think steve i think you got duped I, I really do i really do and that that's that's like the thing that i hate about trading is you have to go through channel x channel y channel z just to get the fucking deal done and you see people all the time drag their feet in trades all the time because they're they're thinking that they're making a mistake. They say, oh, what is what does he see in my player that I don't? They, everyone thinks that they're a step above. And it just turns into one big one big competitive nightmare. Everybody so, galaxy brains it, you know. Yeah, I mean it uh, well, and it the- doesn't it doesn't help that the commissioner is using his own power, his own exclusive power of veto to veto his own deal see i've always that's shitty that's I've always really assumed, shitty i've always assumed that you've just there was that one time where you traded for all of matt's best players one year en route to a championship i think that was a, i think that was 2017 that you did that yeah but it was a fair trade that was not a fair trade absolutely but was i my theory about that is that the you, you know the trade went for a review um and i think that you know you had a situation where not a lot of the league members responded, but my conspiracy brain, my conspiracy theory brain is saying maybe those guys reached out to the commissioner and said, Hey, you know, I don't know if this is a great deal. Yada, yada, yada. Maybe you should reconsider if they're really good friends with the guy. I mean, it's possible. Someone could have gotten in his ear. That, that, got that is also true. I mean, but I've, I've also seen trades accepted. Then someone revokes the trade or vetoes their own trade down and then makes a corresponding trade with somebody else where they're getting a better package. That's bullshit. That's also scummy. That's very scummy. Very, very, very scummy. So I would, I would say, yes, Steve, you got duped. You got duped, man. And that sucks because honestly, there's not really anything you can do about it. That's that's the worst part of all is you're dealing with the the commissioner thing about it. Who are you gonna like? Who are you gonna like 
report this to the commissioner. It's his fault. You're going to report it to the commissioner who just revoked his own trade? No. No, absolutely not. You're not going to go ahead and do that. I See, mean, that's what, we that need a sucks. That really, that really sucks, Dave. That really, really, really sucks. We need like a fancy football Supreme Court, like just to hire a power <laughs> above the commissioner. We need we need John Roberts to uh, to preside over these matters. Yes. Go to a neutral arbitrator. <laughs> oh, John, John Roberts will be the uh, the, the highest uh, the highest man in the land. A neutral. We need that's what we need. That's what all fantasy leagues need. A neutral third party that will be able to make these executive decisions on trades. That that is what we all need. Could be us. It could be us. We we could we could be the ones that determine trades. We could we could be the final vote. Yeah. It could be the final vote. All right. So we have two, five, six, nine, and ten. Two, five, six, nine, and ten. Two, five, six, nine, ten. I can't think of any Man City players who wore the I can't think of any Man City players who wore six, unfortunately. Off the top of my head, anyway. Uh, number six, number six, number six. Um, or even five, really. I think. Oh, John Stones wears six, doesn't he? John Stones wears six. Yeah. So you're going with six? Yeah, let's go with six. John Stones. All right. This is from Tommy, and this is one that is for me because I am in one of these spots. Tommy says, "What is your strategy for turn picks?" So. Tommy, here is the strategy for turn picks. Very simply. There is none. There is none. There's no strategy. Cool. Next question. Moving on. No, there's no strategy for turn picks. You do what you want to do with those picks. Me personally, what I am thinking I'm going to do with the one pick that I have at the dead turn at 10 is I'm going to be going running back, running back. Because I think that there's more of a value in getting that pure running back early on. Now, if we're going towards gut of the draft, you know, what would be the strategy there? I, I think it just depends on what you need at, the, at, the, at that point. I don't think there's really a, a right or a wrong answer. It just comes, it really comes down to what your team needs at that specific spot. But yeah, there's there, for me, there's no real strategy for what to do at the turn. There's no right. There's no wrong. It just comes down to who's there. Who do you like? What does your team need? And you, and you just kind of go from there. That's By the way, I'm an idiot. The answer. John, uh, John Stone's worth five. Nathan Ake worth six. Nathan Ake worth six. Okay. All right. So you have, you have one for five. Yes. So yeah, that, that's, that's the answer. This is a very short one because there's, there's really not much more to add to that, honestly. Okay. Now... Let's do John Stones. Five. Beautiful. This one comes from Michael, and this is the last one that is not fantasy related. Guys, who are your favorite music artists? Oh, that's interesting. My favorite music artist changes a lot. Well, throughout my entire life, it has changed. Mine doesn't. <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't. <laughs> mine, mine does not change. Would mine... you like to go first? See... My answer is unlike the tide. It does not change. My guy is one Sir Kenneth Arnold Chesney, an absolutely great guy, an astounding American, someone who has a great spot in my heart. And and as I'm getting up and completely breaking the fourth wall here, ugh, 
Go buy his rum. It's called Blue Chair Bay Rum. It's absolutely fantastic. Go buy it. Not sponsored. Not sponsored. No, not sponsored at all. But for for Kenny, we, we make exceptions. I mean, poor radio, but the bottles are just exceptional. I mean, very pretty. Very, very pretty. It looks nice. It's a very nice bottle. I have... <laughs> I have on my uh, my upper level of my desk. I have uh, one, two, three, four, five blue chair bait bottles. Nice shade of magenta. It's 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 a very very nice color. It's like it's like an Arsenal red. You love to see it. A little bit on the and on the is, Zoom call. It looks like magenta. And this is a uh, for for all those wanting to know the flavor. We have a uh, a coconut spiced rum cream here, which is. Which is very good. It's very, very, very good. My favorite, my favorite one though, I gotta go with the regular coconut rum. The regular coconut rum is, is very good. Okay. My favorite uh, music artist. Uh, interesting. I can't um, I can't wait to hear this one because I I don't think I know this one from you. No, well, I barely even know. I don't even like I like listening to like a variety of uh, of rap artists. Um, you're a rap guy really yeah oh you disappoint me really you disappoint me i just i never got into like country i mean i like uh rock also i mean rock is fantastic i have no problem with that you know the beatles are up there Jimi hendrix is up there eminem wow well do we need to go back and, and address the comments that you made on tuesday's episode no the, that was one of the funniest things I've ever heard on podcast. It was so good I kept it in. That oh boy, it was so good I kept it in. Yeah, because Beatles, it was it was one of the funniest sound bites that we've ever had. The Beatles are up there, most certainly. It was one of the funniest sound bites that we've just we've ever had. I I, I would be remiss in my duties if I took that out. We have the E next to our name in the uh, in every podcast. People know what uh, they're getting into. Exactly. People know what they're getting into. So they shouldn't be surprised when they hear Adam going on the pod and saying, oh, yeah, good for the Beatles for doing drugs. <laughs> well, they made great music as a result. Oh, my God. Okay, who's your favorite? Who's your favorite? I'm, I'm very curious. I'm very curious about this. Um, my favorite artist changes with the tides. Who is really? it right now on Wednesday, June 16th at 1238 p.m.? Probably the Beatles. Okay. Because you've said that they're great. They make great music when they're doing drugs. Well, when they did drugs, but when yes. they did drugs. Because unfortunately, anyway, uh, yes, they're great. They're phenomenal. They're the best, they're the best um, band of all time. Best group, the best, the best music group of all time. Ooh. In, in my opinion. Oh, I would go with Led Zeppelin. Interesting for me. For me, I would go with Led Zeppelin. But the Beatles is not a bad shout. I'm not discrediting that. But I mean, for, for me, a group, me personally, I would go with Led Zeppelin. For a group of people that do not play instruments, they are the best they're the best music group of all time. Put it this way, they are they are the biggest revolutionaries for music of all time. They're amazing. 100%. 100%. I love the, I love all the stuff that they do, all the artistic liberties that they take. It's great. I love it. I agree. I agree. God bless Paul McCartney. I mean the be- the best part about them even though they're they're scouse they're scouse scum apparently they, they are scouse scum yes but i mean the fact that they have all of these albums and none of them actually sound the same really 
Yeah. Like a lot of their music is is different. You can't like, you know, I can tell what an Eminem sound song sounds like. I can tell what like all these all the other like current rap songs, like what they sound like. I can I know it's a Drake song within the first couple of measures. Well, because they all sound the same. Yes. Well with there's, the Beatles, there's no there's no musical talent in being able to spit bars and put some electronic sounds together. Well, there's a little bit of musical talent. Bullshit. Bullshit. But with the Beatles, yes. It you never know what you're getting into. Yes. I don't know if you have you ever seen Yesterday? Yesterday. No, I have not. So it's a movie about you know this this Indian guy in in England and essentially he wakes up one morning and the Beatles have been erased from history. That sounds horrible. So the Beatles have been completely erased from history and he basically rewrites and reproduces all the Beatles songs from memory and becomes a famous musician. Oh, that sounds, that sounds interesting. Actually, it's a really good movie. That sounds very interesting. I may have to, I may have to watch that. The funniest part was when he Googled, he Googled the Beatles and then it auto corrected to Beatles, the bug. He's like, did you mean Beatles? B E E B E E T L E S. God. I'll have to I'll have to I'll have to check that out. Because he started I'm singing curious. the song. Well, you know the so he started singing the song yesterday by the Beatles. Great song. And and then his friend's like, What is that? Did you just make that up? He's like, No, it's the Beatles. They're like, What's the Beatles? He's like, what the fuck <laughs> is this? <laughs> the fuck? The fuck? All right, Adam. Two nine ten. Two nine ten. I'm going to go with Gabriel Jesus. Nine. Wow. Remember I teased this the other day? I do. I said we have a Trey Sermon question for the mailbag. Here it is. It's from Andy. Can Trey Sermon be a fantasy star this year? OH, Adam. IO. IO. The answer is yes. The answer is yes, he can. He can. There's a pathway because you have Raheem Mostert there. You have Jeff Wilson there. You have the Kyle Shanahan offense that insists on running a committee at all times, come hell or high water. But can he be a fantasy star this year? Yeah. Yeah, he can. He can. I think he's worth the gamble. But will given he? The, given the spotty record of Mostert and Wilson staying on the field, will he? I think he's a better he's a better play in keeper and dynasty than he is in redraft. I don't know if I'm really super into taking a chance on Sermon in the 15th, 16th round. I think I think you had it was different last year because you had you had guys like Akers, you had Jonathan Taylor, who you kind of knew were gonna get their opportunities at some point. And would probably run away with it. Whereas with Sermon, you know he's going to get an opportunity, but you don't really know if he's going to run away with it. Because you also need to remember that, and I'm assuming, Andy, you're an Ohio State fan, given your OH reference. And and I salute you, my friend. Trey Sermon could barely separate himself from Master Teague at the beginning of the year last year with the Buckeyes. He was struggling in, in, in separating himself there. And it only took really Master T getting banged up, 
for Trey Sermon to really become the go-to guy. And then of course, you know, the, the playoff run that he had, you know, big 10 championship. And then when he, what he did in the college playoff was, you know, that'll go down in folklore. You know, what he did was, was exceptional. But do I think that he's going to be a star this year? He can be. I don't think he will, but I think he's a really, really, really good play in keeper and dynasty to, uh, to, to go and get. Obviously, in rookie drafts, he's going to be selected. But in dynasty startups, I think he's, he might be worth more than his ADP would probably suggest. Well, I think that with Trey Sermon, the value is there. And you're not going to be spending too much to, to take a chance on Trey Sermon. No. I think no. you're going to be seeing in a lot of drafts. I think Trey Sermon is going to get drafted, certainly, in redraft too. I think people, depending on how savvy your your team is, your team members are uh, in your league, I think Trey Sermon is going to get draft is going to be a lot of uh, late round flyers, and even like in the earlier rounds, if people are like in the in the mid double digits, um, I think that Trey Sermon might be a pick for some people. I mean, on Fantasy Pros, he's ranked as the 41st running back around uh, Gus Edwards, Michael Carter, Devin Singletary, and Darrell Henderson. And I think that, I mean, that's a good range. Like, you're not building your team around him. He's like your maybe fifth running back at that point. And at that, and at that point, you're like, why not? Take a chance. You're not, what do you got to lose? He's got the biggest upside there. Yeah. Out of all those guys, I think he's got the most upside. Doesn't, but he probably has the lowest floor too, right? So, but then if he if he doesn't work out for you, then you cut him, right? Who's going to pick up Trey Sermon if he isn't doing well? Well, but the, then then it comes to the opposite of the coin. Is I think a lot of people had said that with Acres, it's you know a lot of people drafted Cam Acres, dropped him week five, week six. I was telling everyone pick up Cam Acres, pick up Cam Acres. And if they didn't listen and didn't pick up Cam Akers, they saw somebody else picking up Cam Akers, or they had to blow through their fab just to get the guy that they drafted back. So, you know, if you're going to be drafting a rookie, and this is this is like the new philosophy that I have with rookies, is you have to be well-prepared to be in it for the long haul with them. That they can't yeah. just be a guy you have for one week and drop. Unless you know they're well and truly just screwed. And that's different. But if, you know... If they're there, they're being worked in, you know, ever so graciously, then then hold on to them. But unless you know they're screwed, then, then you can drop them. But for me, the approach that I'm taking is just a long-term one with the, with the rookies waiting nine, ten weeks and then seeing what I got. Well, if you're going to keep a draft, I think that if, you, if you're looking for somebody to keep, then Trey Sermon's not a – if you really believe in Trey Sermon, that's not bad because you're really not going to be spending too high of a keeper. Yeah, you're, you, yeah, you're going to take him late, and if he pans out, you have a great option for a double-digit round pick, Yep, depending on what your keeper rules are, of course. All right, so you have uh, Kyle Walker left, and you have Sergio Aguero left, 2-10. and ten. I'm going to save Sergio Aguero for last. Best for last? Best for last. Okay. Oh, okay. So this is from James. He says, I'm treading water in my dynasty league. I need some help. I'm not necessarily as high as you are, Bird, on Cam Akers. I was offered two first-round rookie picks, one for this upcoming year and then one for the following year, so 2022 and 2023, two first-round rookie picks for Cam Akers. Thoughts? No. Yeah, no. 
no, do not do that. Do not do that. You need to be getting players in return. Unless unless you're going to be embracing a full rebuild. Well, well, hold on. Hold on. I would say this. If the team that you're trading with is good, then don't do it. But if this is another rebuilding team that may not necessarily be great this year, and you can maybe get a top three rookie pick on top of your own, where you have two first round rookie picks this year, maybe in two in the top three, maybe I'd consider it. But I, I would think I'd want a running back back. Like if you're going to trade acres, maybe you can get a, someone to buy low on right now. Maybe, maybe you get like a Michael Carter back to make it worthwhile. Just if you, if you anticipate you're going to be bad this year where you could take a chance and wait for Michael Carter to, uh, to get that job, maybe a Javante Williams, if they have that from their rookie draft this year, you know, someone, someone like that, that's more of a long-term play. I, I don't know yeah. why you'd be trading Cam Akers because he, he's your, you can get more for that. I think. Especially well, I, in dynasty in dynasty. Mm. Yeah. I, I don't know more. I think maybe, maybe swap out, are you thinking like swap out one of the first round picks for a rookie or no, I think you get more on top of that. A rookie I think two first round picks is starting. Okay. Yeah. I think you, you should be getting another running back back. I mean, I don't have a team in front of me. So I, I this is one of those. Where I wish I did yes. because I would be able to say, you know, if you have other running backs behind, then maybe you say you try and get a receiver. Maybe you try and get, you know, Amari Cooper in there or something like that. But if if you think if you're if you think that you're gonna get good value with those rookie picks, then try and get another running back in return, like a Michael Carter or Javante Williams, someone that has a pathway to being a star running back. Maybe maybe it's a Clyde. Maybe if that owner is is tired of Clyde Ridsalaire and that's why they're trying to get Cam Akers, maybe you take Clyde Ridsalaire off their hands. Clyde and two first round rookie picks for Akers, that I would do. Yeah, that's a really good trade. I mean, show us a little. Show us a little. I know about uh, dynasty value. I was about to say, oh yeah, you're selling high on K Makers, but no, clearly the value isn't there. But no, 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 it's not there I mean, at all. Treading water, yeah. I guess. You know, if he's trying, I guess he's on the fence about committing to a rebuild. Is basically what he's saying. I think he wants to be in a position where he is allowed to go into a rebuild and has some ammunition to do it, which I mean, I respect, I respect. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, I always tell people the best way that I always like to go into startup dynasty drafts is draft young. Even if it means you suck in year one, because over time, those younger guys that you have, you're going to have a powerhouse team in three, four years, just because you have all of these young guys. That's that's what I always tell people. But me personally, I like to have that mix of young and old. But the best way to really do it is to just draft draft young, start young, and rebuild young. All right. And number 10, last Sergio one, Sergio Aguero. This comes from Eric. He says, and this is great the trade dynasty. Great the trade. I get. Joe Burrow and a second round rookie pick. I give up Trevor Lawrence. So he had the number, uh, he had the, does it say in the, in the, uh, it says, oh, okay. So he had the number five pick in his rookie draft in a Ted man. So he was in the middle. 
middle mm-hmm. of the pack. He got Trevor Lawrence. He then traded Trevor Lawrence for Joe Burrow and a second round pick in next year's rookie draft. Huh. I think that's a that's kind of an interesting trade. That's a solid trade. I, I like it. From the perspective um, of the guy getting Joe Burrow, and you're getting a second round pick also. I don't love it either way. I mean, I don't know why you would trade you have traded Trevor. Uh, right yeah. now. Right now, I don't know why you would have traded Trevor. Me if, either. I mean, unless that was like the best offer that you think you could have got, but I, I think you could have gotten better if Trevor, you know, stepped on the field week one and lit it up. Unless the guy already has a quarterback. Unless he has like a good unless he already has well, like an that's, established that's young the quarterback. Other part of it. But if he has another quarterback, why would he trade for Burrow? That's true. So it does. It does. The, tra- the trade doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense. I gi- I'll give it a C. I mean, on the surface, it's not bad. I this is another one. I just wish we had the teams. Yeah, yeah. But if he if if his thing was he wanted an upgraded quarterback and traded Trevor for Burrow and then getting a second rounder in return, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know because I don't I don't know if you got an upgrade. That's the thing. Three, if we're talking three, four years down the line, I don't know if you got an upgrade. I don't. I don't think you did. Yeah, I mean, the, he probably could have traded for somebody better, and not have just and just have not gotten a pick. Yeah. Like he could have just done a one for one with like I don't know, maybe Jalen Hurts potentially, yeah, possibly, possibly one for one. Yeah. Thinking of comparable young guys. Yeah, we have and we have some breaking news too. Um, there is some reports out there that Kawhi Leonard tore tore his ACL. Oh God, that's awful. Yeah. Going into when he's going to be a free agent too. Oh Oof. man, you yeah. hate to see that. Sheesh. Well, that's the mailbag, everybody. Thank you for your questions. That was a lot of fun. Yes, that was fun. I love doing mailbag shows. I wish oh, we had we'll fifty do, questions. We'll do, we'll do one more mailbag before before drafts, before drafts start. Maybe two, depending on uh, if the mailbag gets full. If the mailbag gets full, then we'll uh, we'll do two more. But then I think I think we'll do before drafts really start. We'll do one strict draft mailbag where frankly, we just empty it out. Frankly, I'm disappointed that there were no Star Wars questions. Uh, yeah, I was a little disappointed too. Um, the listeners really let us down on that one. And hopefully the next mailbag we do, we will have just a bombardment of, of Star Wars questions. What are your thoughts on Jabba the Hutt? Uh, are the Ewoks evil? No, the Ewoks are not evil. Uh, I, I think they... they Is they that have, racist? They have... No, I don't think it's racist. I think the Ewoks, like the Ewoks, they portray this image of being teddy bears to seem cute when really they are evil. They're just defending their planet. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think the one scene with the Ewoks that tears everyone's heart is when you have the Ewok over the dead Ewok just shaking him, trying to get him up. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible stuff. But yes, more more Star Wars questions next time, you filthy animals. <laughs> what do you think of Ewoks? Where the Ewoks? That's ridiculous. Ewoks were not evil. 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 No. Evil. evil. What are you, an Empire Sympathizer now? Yes. 
do it. Embrace your hatred. I, I am. I actually am Chancellor Palpatine. I, I, I identify as a Sith Lord. <laughs> I, I have nothing to say to that. Good. I have nothing to say to that. You Good. monster. Good. We can close us. You can close us out then. Embrace your hatred. Embrace your hatred. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Doc Podcast Fantasy Show. Oh my God. <laughs> no. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can All find right, I, I missed Chance of Palpatine already. Fine, you want me to do it? Go for it. Okay. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud, and wherever you get your podcasts. From my co-host, Ed Birdsaw, I am Adam Caster, and we will talk to you next time on the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Chancellor Palpatine, you want to say the final two words? Do it. Are you kidding me? Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>